in the palm of his hands. Glory to God. Printed in the palm of my hands. He sees you as the crown jewel of all his creation. He says, the thoughts I think toward you are so vast that they outnumber the, the sand on the seashore and the stars in the sky. Hallelujah. That's love. Hallelujah. Can we just bless his name one more time? Can we raise our hands and glorify our God one more time? For all that he has done and all that he continues to do. And we thank him because he'll never let us go. He'll never leave us. Glory, glory, glory. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Bless and praise your name, Father God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. While I hit your bow, Father, I thank you for this opportunity to stand before your sheep. I ask that you would anoint these lips of clay. I pray that my preaching and teaching be not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of your power and your spirit so that the faith of the people stand not in the wisdom of man, but in the mighty power of God. And Daddy, we will forever give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise, and be ever mindful that we sit in the palm of your hand. Everyone in agreement with that prayer said, Amen. You may be seated. As you can see, I'm not Pastor Gregory. So good morning to all. Pastor Gregory and Pastor Trish sends their love. They'll be back in the house next week. Hallelujah. So I'm Johnny Walker. And I'm a staff minister at the church, and I have the awesome responsibility and opportunity to bring the word today. I also want to acknowledge my wife, as I always do, Minister Diane Walker. I always say she's the better of the, the two, the better half. She's my rib, my best rib, and my prime rib. And I want to thank you, too, for uh, pressing your way forward to hear uh, what the Lord would have to say to you today. And all those that are listening to us uh, by way of the airways, internet, all around the world, we thank you also for tuning in. Hallelujah. All right. These are some exciting times right now with Linked Up Church. We're doing a mighty work here in the city of Metro Atlanta. We're right now deep in the planning process of building our first permanent church home. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, we as Linked Up have been afforded an awesome opportunity to give and sow 
into accelerating our Vision Forward initiative. When I went before the Lord and I said, Lord, what is it that I am to deliver to your sheep? God gave me three words, justified faith and grace. So, okay, I'm like, uh, Daddy, I, give me the rest of it. And the Holy Spirit took me back to a time many, many years ago in the, the life of myself and my wife. We had become determined at that time that we were going to be debt-free. So we sought the Lord. We began to pray. We found scriptures to stand on. And one day the Lord came to me and he said, this is what I want you to do. Now, I'm in anticipation. Come on now, come on, come on, come on. I want you to go to this specific individual and I want you to pay off a large portion of his debt. So, so Lord, I'm trying to get out of debt. And you sure you don't want him to come see me and pay off some of my debt? But see, we know God is not schizophrenic, and, and, and he does not change. So I followed the instructions. I heard them with my faith ear, and I followed the instructions that were given to me. And when I approached the gentleman and we began to conversate, to me at the time, even now, that was a lot of money I was told to give away. But when I began to speak to the man, and he started to break down, and he started to, to, to just, just literally cry, I mean, tears and snot, the whole shebang. I'm dropping a few myself. And I began to realize how God had used me as a channel to impact another man's life, which kept his family intact, which removed a large burden off of his back, basically, and also renewed his belief in the Lord Jesus. Now, as a result of our obedience, our debt began to just slide away in layers, right, to the point now where we're, we're debt-free. I'm not trying to brag. I'm just telling you about the awesome God we serve. And... The, the one thing I want you to get from that is, is this. When you sow, when you give, when you sow into something bigger than yourself, there are far greater rewards and benefits to be reaped more so by the giver than the receiver. And all it happened because of three things, being justified, which means I had a relationship with God, faith, I heard him with my faith ears, and I acted accordingly, and grace, his grace saw us through. I almost feel like giving a plug for financial peace, but I don't have the time. The title of my message, guess it, uh, if you don't know by now, you should be able to guess it, is Justified Faith and Grace. Please turn with me. My foundational text can be found in Romans chapter 5. I'll be reading verses 1 through 5. I will primarily be reading out the King James Version. I do have a couple of message versions 
uh, that I'll read out of as well. If you have uh, your smart devices, you can find my outline on our events on the Uversion application. Okay? Romans 5, it reads, verse 1, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 2, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Skip down to verse 5. And hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Now, I'm going to tell you right off the bat, this is a back-to-basics meat and potatoes message, okay? But if God told me to give it, it must be for somebody in here. Glory to God. I have three points I want to get across to you today. Hopefully, I'll make it through. The first point is this. It's a trust issue. Say it, this with me. It's a trust issue. Justified in the Greek means to be declared righteous. Basically, to put someone in proper relationship with another person. It's referring to the relationship between God and mankind. We are justified by faith and we have peace with God. So if we have peace, that signifies that we must have a relationship. So that begs the question, what is the proper relationship to have with God? Well, the proper relationship with God is when we enter into covenant through salvation. There are three characteristics of covenant that I want to share with you, a covenant relationship with God. First, being washed in the blood of Jesus. We know that means deliverance because we've confessed Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Secondly, being sanctified by the blood of Jesus. Basically, we've been delivered. Now we're sanctified, putting off the old man, separating ourselves from the world and all of his entrapments. Thirdly, justified by the blood of Jesus. We've been delivered. We've been sanctified. Now we're justified. We've been declared righteous. We should not walk around carrying that guilt feeling because we've been freed from sin. Justification is the universal remedy for sin. So we need justification because we are born with a sin nature, right? If we say we have no sin, we know that the truth, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us, which is why we must daily wash our mind and renew it with the Word of God. Now, I don't know about you, but every day for me is not like a box of fragrant roses. Life can have some erratic ups and some messy, messy downs. But there is an equalizer. And ladies, it's not Denzel Washington. It's Jesus Christ. And not only is he an equalizer, he is the premier dominator. Come on now. He can take those life lows and bring them high. He can take whatever's crooked in your life and make it straight. He can send somebody to you and pay off all your debt. Glory to God. With him, there is no sadness. With him, there is no pain. With him, there is no lack. See, with him, you don't have to worry about throwing in the towel. Because as we sung earlier, 
He has us in his hands. He's standing with us. He says, you don't have to do life alone. He says, partner with me. Bring all that you have unto me. He's saying, I'll be there for you at all times. He says, I'll give you rest for your weary soul. I stick to you closer, uh, closer than a friend, closer than a brother. I won't even say that because he's always with you, whether you're in the fiery furnace or whether you're not. Glory to God. So, aren't you tired anyway of just carrying the loads? Think about it. The load of debt, the load of worry, the load of anguish, the load of sleepless nights, the load of pressure, the load of fighting on all sides. And it's never a fair fight. You always feel like you're fighting uphill. What Jesus says, I'll stand in the gap for you. I'll be your shield. I'll be your buckler. I'll be your glory. I'll be the lifter up of your head. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But it's a trust issue. So don't lean on the arm of the flesh. Don't trust in man. Don't even rely on yourself and your own personal attributes. Instead, lean on the arm of the Lord and rely on the Spirit of God. Now, let's flip the script. What happens when you trust in someone or something other than God? That is a great question. I'm so glad you asked. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 31. Isaiah chapter 31. I'm going to read verses 1 through 3. This will be out of the message version. I love the message version because it it hits you right between the eyeballs. Verse 1 reads like this. And this is basically where God is warning Israel. He says, Woe to them that go down to Egypt for help and stay on horses and trust in chariots because they are many and in horsemen because they are very strong. But they look not unto the Holy One of Israel, neither seek the Lord. Skip to verse 3. Now, the Egyptians are men and not God, and the horses flesh and not spirit. See, when the Lord shall stretch out his hand, both he that helpeth shall fall, and he that is hoping shall fall down, and they all shall fail together. So, we see here where certain groups in Judah were always willing, some quicker than others, to always run to the Egyptians for help, especially in times of trouble. So Jehovah is warning them not to put your trust in man, put your trust in me. Because when you put your trust in man, you open yourself up to a lot of woes. Now, woes don't sound like that's a good thing to open yourself up to. Do you agree? Woes are anguish, grief, affliction, sadness, distress. It's a trust issue. Say it with me. It's a trust issue. Trust is synonymous with faith, hope, belief, and confidence. Right? So if you trust, put your trust in a person, to some degree you're placing your hope, faith, belief, and confidence in that individual. On some level, your values are aligning with their values. There is some commonality 
between the both of you. There is a, a mutual advantage to be gained. That's why you have to be extremely careful concerning who you trust. Don't be so quick to call everybody, you know, my best friend. Hmm? Now, I hate to say it, but some so-called Christians are the ones you have to filter the most. There are friends and there are acquaintances. We should never get that twisted. Now, I want to extrapolate from that passage four don'ts of trust. First, don't trust in Egypt. Basically, don't trust in man for help and ignore Jehovah. Many of us will seek help from others, from other individuals, before we even wholeheartedly seek help from the Lord. Secondly, don't trust in chariots or don't trust in things and ignore Jehovah. A lot of us like to have the latest and greatest electronic gadgets. Not a problem as long as they don't have us. We should, we, some of us like to keep up with the Joneses. We get these big fat car notes. Now, you never want to have a car note bigger than your house note. And you never want to have a car note bigger than your house note and you can't keep gas in your car. And you never want to have a car note bigger than your house note and you can't keep gas in your car because you don't have any furniture in your house. Number three, don't trust in numbers and ignore Jehovah. My grandmama used to say it like this, boy, don't run with the crowd. Fourthly, or thirdly, fourthly, I'm sorry. When I say don't run with the crowd, my Bible tells me that one with God is a majority. Fourth, don't trust in foot soldiers and ignore Jehovah. Don't trust, don't seek, look to others for your safety, for your defense, and for your strength. Your strength comes from above. We have Jesus, the hope of glory on the inside of us. Remember, Jesus said, I can command legions of angels. Well, if he's on the inside of us and we're partnered with him, then we can command legions of angels. So in this passage, Judah has refused to look to the Holy One. They refuse to seek the Lord. To me, that's scary because without the Lord, who and what's left? See, man would have to trust in his own devices. Um, it says in Proverbs that many are the devices, the schemes, the plans of man, but it is the counsel of the Lord that shall stand. So what if, what if it happened that we all were in charge of running the world? There was no Jehovah. So between us, we had to put our faith, trust, hope, confidence in each other. So one day, something happens. Oh, I got, I got to call out to somebody. I can't call out to Jehovah. Huh. Or maybe I cry out to Jaquan. <laughs> Do you think Jaquan would have me go pay off somebody else's debt? No, Jaquan would have me pay off Jaquan's debt. Thank the Lord that we have Jesus Christ. Heaven forbid. God is love. God is truth. And without him, there would be no mechanisms, basically, for good governance and government. There's a Greek word called kupernesis, uh, which basically means uh, that we're led by the steering of the word. And the word is endowed with gifts of wisdom, knowledge, and discernment. 
Can you imagine a world without godly wisdom, anointed knowledge, and divine discernment? Which is the very reason every day we need to pray for this White House and our government. So I said earlier that we can command angels. And you guys may have seen the numbers before, but I want to show you a slide. Uh, and, and I'll give the audiovisual people time to get the slide up. But I want to drive this point home. I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm a man. I'm a numbers guy. I'm visual like most men are. So I want to show you this slide. While they're bringing it up, I want to show you Matthew. I want to read to you Matthew 26, verse 53. And so quickly, I want to give you some context. This is where the Roman soldiers came to seize Jesus. Peter pulls out a sword, slices off the ear of one of the soldiers. Now, this is Jesus addressing Peter. I think he's chastising Peter. Jesus says, hey, Peter, thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my father, and he shall presently give me more than 12 legions of angels? Now, what's, let's break that number down. Let's look at that. Well, they have it up there now. A legion represents 6,000 angels. Twelve legions represent 72,000 angels. We know in Isaiah that one angel slayed 185,000 men in one night. So if you do the math, that 72,000 angels have the potential to slay 13 billion with a B, 320 million men at one time. That's 5.5 more 5.5 more billion people than exist right now on planet Earth. Don't tell me my God does not have power in his hand. Don't tell me my God cannot defend us. Don't ever doubt the totality of Jesus. He's got more resources in his front right pocket than we'll ever need. Glory to God. We serve a master, a wealthy master, not a miser. We serve a powerful provider of provision. If Jesus says that there are mansions for you in heaven, I don't know about you, but I'm claiming my mansion. My mansion is that big one there on the corner lot. If he says that the streets are paved with gold, my street I believe it's paved with gold. J. Walker Avenue. (laughs) See, our God has untapped provision and inexhaustible resources. Scripture says a a day to the Lord is like a thousand years and a thousand years like a day. A million dollars is a penny to the Lord and a penny is a million dollars. Now, you know that some brother saying, hey, Lord. Can you let me hold a few pennies? But God is always quick. Yeah, okay, well, God says, sure. Remember, a day is like a thousand years. Come see me in a few days. <laughs> Point two, your dreams depend on your substance. Man, this clock is moving. Your dreams depend on your substance. If I asked you to define faith, most believers would quote Hebrew 11.1. 1. Now faith is a substance of things hoped for and evidence of things not seen. Faith is the main ingredient that sustains our hopes. Our hopes and dreams are what we desire to come to pass. Hope and faith are like a dynamic duo. But faith gives substance to hope. 
Now, lack of substance prevents Jesus, and I'm going to call Jesus the actuator, from manifesting hopes and dreams. I come from an industrial environment, assembly plant environment, basically. In plants, you have what's called actuators. They're normally stops up and down the conveyor belt. The stop fires, and uh, the, the product stops at a certain point, the vehicle. Procedures are performed, stop goes up, vehicle progresses to the next, uh, uh, next station, and it stops. Well, what controls the, 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 the actuator, the stops, is a mechanism called a controller. So a controller sends a signal to the actuator. That signal then is converted to motion. I believe that our dreams and our hopes are sitting right now on this heavenly Let me put it to you this way. You are the controller. You supply your faith to this actuator. Jesus is the actuator. Hmm? On the heavenly assembly line comes your hopes and your dreams. Jesus stops. Wait a minute. I'm waiting for the controller to send me some substance, to send me some faith. Can't be any kind of faith. It's got to be that faith that they really believe. They can't be wishy-washy. They can't be on the left side and on the right side. Either you believe or either you don't. So when you send that God kind of faith, the substance that gives Jesus something to work with, he fires the stop. Your hopes and dreams then progress to the next station. He stops it again. Do you really believe? Yes. Your hopes and dreams to the next station, all the way to the end until it's manifested and you realize that Jesus came through. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But here's the reality of it. Whether believer or not, we all collectively exercise a measure of faith all the time, every single second of our lives. We had faith when we got in our cars this morning that they would fire up and they would drive us here. Some people have faith in that fuel needle. It was unempty. And they had faith that I got enough gas to make it. Some people believe that, that E really is not true. There are levels of empty. My wife is one of those people. She believes that there's an empty to the third level. I can't tell you the number. Matter of fact, it happened just the other day. I get in the car. She's driving. Diane, the lights are flashing. Bells are ringing. Baby, we're on E. Let's stop and get some gas. What? I got two more levels left. (laughs) We have faith that our employers will pay us that paycheck. We have faith that our appliances will work when we get home. We have faith that the ceiling won't fall in on us. We have faith even when we go to sleep that we'll wake up the next morning. So it's so easy for us and, and, and to blindly have faith and place trust in man and man-made things. Do we likewise blindly put our faith and trust in God and in the Word and the things of the Spirit? Now, there's a God-given structure for everything in Christendom. Uh, 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 
husband the head of the family, pastor head of the church, uh, Jesus the head of, of the church, which is the body of Christ. So there's always body parts, so to speak. So I want to submit to you in comparison that faith has body parts. I want to give you three body parts of faith. The first one is faith has ears. John 8, 47 reads this way. He that is of God heareth God's words. Ye therefore hear them not because ye are not of God. So if you're a believer, you should always be in a posture where you're expecting and anxiously waiting to hear from the Father. Of course, we have to do our part. We have to enter in. We have to pray. We have to seek his face. We have to meditate on the word. We have to find specific scriptures. We have to sometimes speak in tongue. But God is always speaking. What is he saying to you? And through your faith ears, are you hearing it with clarity? Number two, I think faith has eyes. 2 Kings 6, 15, 17. 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 15 through 17. It reads this way. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, the host compassed the city, both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? And he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about. Now, basically, Elisha is praying that his servant, the young man, that the servant, that the eye, the faith eyes of the servant would be open. See, the servant was in fear because in the natural, he saw that they were surrounded. See, in the natural, we see that sometimes. And we think that the, the clutches of life are closing in on us. And we're being strangled from all sides. Our finances just ain't right. And I'm from Memphis, Tennessee. I can say ain't. Our children ain't acting right. Crazy co-workers on the job ain't acting right. You get home and the dog look at you like you ain't acting right. <laughs> and we think in the natural, all hell is breaking loose. But notice something. Notice the posture of the prophet. Notice Elisha. He was not moved nor persuaded by what the natural eyes saw. He was only moved and persuaded by what his faith eyes saw. And his faith eyes saw that Jesus had him, or the, the Lord, had him protected like a glove on a hand. And Jesus now will protect you like a glove on a hand. See, for the believer, we know God has our back. God has our front. God has us surrounded on all sides. Glory, glory. He won't allow, 360, he won't allow us to be fooled, to be flanked, or to be finished. In the name of Jesus. Call him up. He's your ride or die. Hallelujah. Number three, Mark 16, 18. Faith has hands. Familiar scripture. I want to read the, the last part of it. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Why this time is running. All right. I'm going to skip some of the commentary and get to the bottom of what I want to say about that. 
We have faith hands. We raise our hands when we worship to the Lord. Look at Moses. Moses stretched out his faith hands and he parted the Red Sea. Remember the battle between the Israelites and the Malachites, Moses on the top of the mountain? As long as his hands were raised, the Israelites were prevailing. He was raising faith hands. Jesus, our role model for everything, used his hands. He's telling us to use our hands, to lay our hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Amen? We know that he healed the sick. We know that he uh, eradicated blindness. We know uh, that he cleansed lepers by using a faith hand. Glory to God. I'm going to skip what I wanted to say with that and get to point number three. Point number three is this. Grace gets you through. Glory sends dividends. Faith in Jesus grants us access to grace from God. Your faith will be your sown or you'll be your seed sown. Let me get this. Your faith will be your seed sown. God's grace will be your plant, and his glory will be your everlasting fruit. I have one more scripture, but I'm really kind of out of time, guys. I'm going to leave it in this. I'm going to conclude my message. Let me land this plane and bring it into the hangar. Remember, this is our conclude. All-important grace is access to all-important faith. Faith is the cornerstone of being justified by the master. We're justified by faith and have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The glue that binds being justified, having faith and receiving grace, is the love of God that is shed abroad in our hearts. How much more and how far better is it to receive the unlimited benefits from the master than to receive the limited things of man. You can only have heaven on earth if heaven is in you on earth. It's one thing to hope for glory. It's a far better thing to have the hope of glory in you. Separate and walk apart with Jesus before you are separated and fall apart without Jesus. Separate from the world and join with him before you join with the world and it separates you from him. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Well, I'm just simply out of time. And uh, as I said, it really was a meat and potatoes message in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. I'm going to ask everybody to bow their heads right now in the name of the Lord. Ask believers to start praying in the Spirit. We've come to a special time. Glory, hallelujah. Glory to God. Where people should be making decisions right now, life decisions, quality decisions. Glory to your name. I want to offer up four invitations. Glory to God. Glory, hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. First invitation is for salvation. We just talked about faith eyes, faith ears, faith hands. So right now, listen with your faith ears. This message is for a lot of people today. And the Lord, if he's pricking your spirit right now, he's talking to you. He says, partner with me, and I'll be 
the bigger blessing to you. I'm standing, I'm waiting. Come to me in the name of the Lord. Come to me. Receive my salvation. We just talked about that earlier. Being washed in the blood. Being sanctified by the blood. Being justified by the blood. If you've never asked Jesus to come into your life to be your Lord and your Savior, I'm going to ask you right now, be bold. Slip up your hand. Glory to God. Slip up your hand right now and receive what the Lord has especially for you. Second invitation. As I talked about earlier, sometimes life has those ups and it has those crazy downs. And you may have walked away from the things of the Lord. Well, the great thing about our God, He's a God of another chance. He's a God of restoration. He's a God that's always waiting like the father of the prodigal son. He's waiting for you to come back to Him. You were and you are his first love. Some churches like to call it being backslidden. We call it simply broken fellowship. So right now you can have that fellowship restored. So if you'd like to come forth and rededicate yourself back to the Lord, please slip up your hand right now. Glory to God. I see that hand. Glory to God. Third invitation. If you've never spoken in tongues and you want to increase your spiritual arsenal, we want to give you the opportunity to do that, to cultivate and grow your special language between you and God. So we want to offer right now an opportunity for you to develop your heavenly language. So we want to offer baptism with the Holy Spirit with the Bible evidence of speaking in other tongues. So if you want to speak in another tongue, you want to be able to get on a, have a direct hotline to the Lord. Slip up your hands right now. I want to pray for you. Next invitation. If you currently do not have a church home, the word says that all sheep should have a shepherd. And we have a great shepherd over this flock, Pastor Jolie Gregory. And if you want to unite with us and to continue to do the powerful work that we're doing right here in Metro Atlanta, you want to become a member of our linked up family, please slip up your hands right now. So I'm going to go through that one more time. I want to offer those invitations one more time. If you'd like to receive salvation, Jesus is your Lord, Savior, and Master. Please raise your hand. If you'd like to rededicate your life 
back to Christ, please raise your hand. If you'd like to speak in other tongues, please raise your hand. And lastly, if you want to become a part of the Linked Up Church family, please slip up your hands. Glory to God. I see that hand. Okay, well, in a minute, I'm going to ask those that raise their hands to come down. And if you didn't raise your hand and you're moved by the Spirit to come down, come down as well. In a minute, we're all going to stand up and we're going to encourage you to come and to receive from the Lord. Amen? Hallelujah. Come down now, please. The altar of Father's arms are open wide. was born with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. 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 Glory. Glory. 